Howdy, CityCast listeners. It's the last week of the rodeo here in Houston, and in the spirit of the season, we wanted to take a deeper look into some of the wild events that are hosted there. Today, we're talking to longtime bull rider Mutt Newman about the passion and danger that goes into one of the rodeo's biggest events. It's Wednesday, March 15th. I'm Carly on Jones, and here's what Houston's talking about today. Mutt Newman, thank you for being on CityCast today. Certainly welcome. I want to know, how did you get started as a bull rider in the first place? Well, I was born in 1945, and we're a family of two girls and six boys, and I happen to be the bottom end. Three brothers older than me, Okay. E.B. Newman. He and a young boy had moved from Louisiana, better known as J.D. Godin, a Cajun kid, mm-hmm. got together and they started working a local rodeo here fighting bulls. Me being the youngest in the family, I had to tag along and watch, and it just got in my blood. I loved it. Every time they had a rodeo here locally, I was involved in it some way or another. Mm-hmm. So it just it grew on me as being in my blood, and that's what I wanted to do. And all my life, that's what I wanted to do. So from an early age, it was something that you knew, like, this is the way I want to work in. Yes, when I was probably six years old at the local rodeos here, they would have a exhibition, and they would come chase me down out in the corner of wherever I was hiding and bring me back and ask me to ride a calf <laughs> for the audience. And uh, I would do such a thing. I would, mm-hmm. They would strap me on there and open the gate and turn me loose and all the balling and squalling down the arena we'd go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, so I know you built your own arena in Dayton in 1966, and it's where you teach kids the art of bull riding. What have you noticed about the generation of young people now? Are they as interested in bull riding as you were growing up? I would say not. What I've noticed most out there at my place is I think the daddies are the ones that want to be bull bull riders. Mm, Okay. Uh, Meaning that they bring their kids there and they bring their backpacks with them, their bull ropes and everything. They get there and take the ropes out and hang the ropes on the fence. and uh, They put the kids in the bleachers and put the spurs on them, the boots on them, and they put the ropes on the bulls. When I was a kid, we'd done all that our own self. I, at this time, see more dads wanting their kids to be bull riders than, than the kids want to be. And what does it take to be an actual bull rider? There is a, a, a deep feeling within you, and I relate it to boxing. Mm-hmm. When you're in that shoot, it's a fight between you and an animal between your legs. Mm-hmm. So if you have the mentality just to try to win and be the winner, you'll make a bull rider. But if you're just getting on it to please your girlfriend or to say, I got on the bull, you're probably going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the harder you try, the less that you'll get hurt. I, I can tell you that because a bull, when he throws you and you're trying, he'll throw you away from him. But if you're not trying, you'll fall right under him. He'll step on your turn around, get on top of you and start hooking you, whatever. But uh, my theory is that the boys that try get hurt less. When I first thought about the whole art of bull riding in the first place, I'm just thinking about the dangers that like come with it. So what kind of helped you overcome the fear of it? It'll eventually go away. But I can tell you this, if you don't have a little shake in your voice, a little tremble in your blood, mm-hmm. and a little fear of the animal you're getting on, you're probably over the limits. <laughs> you got to have a little of that fear inside of you and, and know that you can get hurt and you're going to try everything to prevent that. But you got to have that adrenaline rush. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. got to have that adrenaline rush inside of you and, and be able to compete. And so what are the best ways to prevent that? What are the safety measures that you typically have to go through? 
Well, back in the day, mm -hmm. all we had was a rope and a pair of spurs. Nowadays, they've got helmets, safety helmets to keep you getting your head stepped on, got mask cross to keep you getting your face mashed, and a vest that'll withstand some powerful blows, stepping on and everything else. So they don't have that fear that I was speaking of uh, like we did. Mm -hmm. We knew that we got stepped on or hooked, we were going to get hurt. Yeah. But they depend upon the, the safety devices uh, quite a bit to to keep from getting injured. And I think this takes a little bit of adrenaline rush away from you, knowing that you have some protection. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah, I'm pretty sure it does, but that's still like, <laughs> yeah, a little scary. Okay, so yes. what about a typical day? What does a typical day or week look like for you nowadays? Well, like I said, I was born in 45, and all I've ever done in my whole life is mess with livestock. Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of livestock out here now. I breed and raise my own bucking bulls. And... So every day it's something to do around the ranch, mend the fence, feed the stock, hay the stock, get it back in, go find it wherever it got out. Mm -hmm. uh, every day there's something to do out there. It's not a, a dull day goes by that we don't say we're bored, we have nothing to do because there's always something to do out there as, as far as mm -hmm. keeping the ranch running. Yeah, a lot of hard work that goes into it. And there's more to it than, than people see at a rodeo. When, when the young boys or the kids enter a rodeo, they pay an entry fee to to compete for money. Mm -hmm. uh, the producer, myself, we're there. We've already hauled all the stock in. Everything's set up. Everybody's in their place. When that participant gets through, he walks over, picks his bull rope up, puts it in his bag, goes home. When it's over with with us, we have to clean everything up, mm -hmm. load everything on the trailers, get them back home, feed them, take care of them. You know? So our day's not over when, when the rodeo's over with. It's just starting for us. Mm -hmm. We have lots more work to do than just go home. How have you seen bull riding and rodeos change over the years? What do you like notice that's just not what you're used to? One thing that's more mm -hmm. into rodeos now than it was when I was riding is we have sponsors that like the rodeo event. We have people that like the events. Therefore, the sponsors put up lots of added money, bring their name out in the public, and the public comes and sees their name. So when we were riding, they would add like $200 mm -hmm. to the bull riding. And now then they add 5,000 to the bull ride. Oh, wow. At a minimum. So mm -hmm. uh, they're competing for more money. So they travel around lots more. Uh, they love to be in Florida mm -hmm. tonight and back over in Texas tomorrow night. They travel for the money now. Where we just travel for the, mm. for the sport, the competition, they're chasing the money. Okay. We've got a lot of boys that have come through here. Mm. One young boy, he won two belt buckles at my rodeos in the junior bull riding when he become 18 years old so he joined the prca as professional rodeo cowboy association and this is his first year in the prca mm -hmm. and he's sitting 12th in the world right now wow so this is a learning ground if the ones that really want it they can get behind it and learn something here mm -hmm. we've been doing this for years and years and years we one thing that really makes me feel old those young boys used to come to me and they'd say, Mr. Newman, we want to ride a bull. Mm -hmm. I said, do you remember so-and-so? I said, yes. He said, that was my daddy. He used to ride here. I said, yeah, I remember him. Now they come to me and say, I want to ride a bull. Do you remember so-and-so? I say, yes. That was my grandpa. He used to ride bulls here. <laughs> so so it, it makes you feel old after a while. <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing that you've been able to be in this industry so long and like help so many people, you know, like really learn the craft and get that passion for it. There has been, I don't even have a number on them to tell you, but there has been numerous boys went through this 
bar and bar rodeo arena here that are in the national finals. That's the top of the PRCA rodeos. They've been in the PBR, then in the tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're out there now. So many boys are. So we trained a lot of champions here mm-hmm. and helped a lot of boys that wanted to become champions here. There's lots of people who've mm-hmm. got their walking shoes right here at Dayton. With what you're seeing now, what do you think the future holds for bull riding? I personally have a foresight mm-hmm. because of the, the PETA and everything else out there that we will be shut down on small rodeos. Mm. It will become just one major event like your large rodeos, Houston, Fort Worth, Dallas, mm-hmm. Las Vegas, and big ones. I think, I think that the numbers here in the next five years will shut down drastically. And why is that? Well, let me put it real plain. If you're in Walmarts and your kid reaches and knocks something off the shelf mm-hmm. and you reach over and spat him, they can throw you in jail for cruelty to your child. But you can take him to a rodeo and put him on a sheep mm-hmm. and open the gate and that sheep turning flips all the way across the arena. Everybody laughs and pats him on the back. You know? With the push of cruelty, I think that's what's going to be the crucial fact. It's going to slow things down in rodeos. So you feel like a lot of people are kind of complaining about the cruelty that goes on? Yes. Okay. Yes, they definitely complain. I hear it all the time. But as you might notice, there's a rule that's been in effect for a long time now. All bulls have to have their horns chipped. They have to be cut back to at least the size of 50 cent piece. That's just the start of the the cruelty deal. That was too Mm -hmm. more inhumane on people, keep from hurting them and everything. So with that little factor started years ago, it's increased a bunch to your helmets and your vest and, and all your safety devices. And, and now they're not just because you want to, they're, you have to wear them. Mm-hmm. I'm an old fella, but I just think down the road it's going to come to a halt. I think that to probably make it so safe that it won't be rodeo anymore. Mm-hmm. When you lose all the, the blood and the guts and the glory, you've lost people in the grandstands, you've lost dollar sales at the gates. you got to keep mm-hmm. the seats up there to be able to continue. And I think that being safety hazards will slow it down. Have you had any like experiences with people who had bad injuries from bull riding? Oh, yes. Yes. We've uh, we've unfortunately lost two of them in our rodeos that were deceased, you know, from from bulls. And uh, mm-hmm. it does not help our feelings at all. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and both of them were from being stepped on. They weren't from being hooked or anything. They were both from being stepped on. Oh, wow. And uh, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to have to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, with friends and their families, you know, knowing that the animal you brought there caused it, but you really didn't do anything about it. It fell off under me, stepped on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like somebody riding in a car and falling out of the car and you're running over them. You, know, you didn't do it intentionally. They done it, but it still makes you feel bad. Yeah. Wow. With a lot of the rodeos kind of being in separate areas now too, do you think that it's, causing not as many people to attend the events? That's got an effect upon it. Uh, you know, you're sitting at your house there in your hometown. They got a rodeo 10 miles down the road, or you could drive 75 or 100 miles to a bigger rodeo. You're probably going to go to the smaller rodeo, and it's going to hurt the bigger rodeos. Mm-hmm. The economy now, the gas, the meals, and everything traveling, mm-hmm. it's hurting. It's crippling us. It's hurting us a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. As you know, you go to a picture show now, it costs you 10 $12 just for a ticket to get into a picture show. You can soon price yourself out of business. I'll tell you that for sure. And, but on the other hand, you've got to charge that just to meet the expenses that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Our feed bills have risen 
out of sight in the last two years. Yeah. Uh, we used to be able to buy a fee for $250 a ton. It's costing us $600 a ton now. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a big jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A ton of feed does not go very far. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. The 2023 Houston Rodeo is about to finish up. It's in its final week. Um, how has the rodeo specifically evolved over the years? Well, it started out as an outside arena in the South Main in Houston. And uh, Gene Archery was the one that was behind it and got it started. You, you probably don't know who Gene Archery was, do you? I don't. I don't. <laughs> That's a difference in ages right there. Yeah, okay. Could you tell us? <laughs> Gene Archery and, and Roy Rogers and Dale Evans, they were all the, the movie stars back then, rode the horses and had Western movies. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he was a, a movie star, so he made more money than everybody else, and he liked animals, so he's the one that got the rodeo started there. And he had his own rodeo company also. He had his own bulls and everything. Wow. And so it started on the outside there at Houston, and it it grew. There was enough people that had an interest in it and, and kept attending and just kept growing. So they got into the old Coliseum downtown Houston there and stayed there for years. And uh, then they moved into the Astrodome, and the Astrodome finally went by the wayside. Now then the NRG Stadium there. So mm-hmm. it's growing in the big places. It's growing a bunch. Yeah, it, it's amazing. One thing is, other oh, entertainers, they bring good entertainers in there. Yeah, the concerts and then adding the fair to it and everything. It's huge. Right. It's just so much <laughs> going on. Like, it's amazing. What is something that you wish more people knew about bull riding in Texas? Well, let me back up here and tell you that they started a new association called the UBBIs, United Bucking Bulls Incorporated, which you could take myself, take my young bulls that are two-year-olds and enter them, pay an entry fee and enter them in competition. And at the end of the day, the bulls with the highest scores would win that prize money you put up. So you thrived mm-hmm. in putting bulls out there that could buck and really put on a show so you could win that money. In the last four years, though, they've come up with a deal mm-hmm. called rider-friendly bulls. Hmm. If your bulls really buck bad, they don't want them at their places. They want people to ride them. So I find it offended to tell me that your bulls buck too good. We can't take them. We need some bulls that don't buck as bad as yours. Well, that's interesting. I just don't think that's a real West. I think the real West is mm-hmm. like old Bill Pickett. You jump off your horse and grab him by the horns and hang on to him. And uh, it's getting away from the Western mm-hmm. feel of being tough, in my opinion. That's just my opinion now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Donna Gay and the rest of them out there have a different opinion, but that's my opinion. I want to end here by asking if you have any advice for kids who may want to be bull riders in the future. Yes, my advice to any youngster wanting to be in this competition, you have to want it. Mm-hmm. It's not your daddy. It's not your mama. It has to be you. And you need to go to every practice pen you can get to and get on every head of stock you can get on. doesn't matter if it's fighting the shoot or if it's sitting still. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've got an old saying that I always tell everybody. The way you become a bull rider at a young age, go buy you a big sack of marbles and you put them all in your mouth. Every time you get on with those animals, you spit that marble out. When you lost all your marbles, then you're a bull rider. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay. That method, <laughs> that method is interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what are we, what are we measuring with the method? <laughs> when, you, when you don't have any, when, when you don't have any sense, you're a bull rider. <laughs> it, ta- it takes a special, <laughs> it takes a special fella to be able to run his hand in a nine plat bull rope, mm-hmm. weighing 140 pounds, 150 pounds, 
matching his skills up against something that's 1,800 and 2,000 pounds. Hmm. Knowing that whenever you nod your head, just like being on the guillotine, they got the rope around your neck, going to hang you. You have to nod your head and say outside. You know, so that's where the, the grit and the grind comes from. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine standing up there on, on the gallows and they got a rope around your neck and you look over and say, okay, trip the, trip the latch. No. <laughs> and, and that's the same thing in bull riding. When you got your hand running that rope and you run up on top of him and he's shaking and trembling, looking at that gate, and you have to shake your head outside. You know, so you're you're asking them to trip that latch. <laughs> oh yeah, that's... then the competition starts. <laughs> that's amazing. I can't I can't even imagine. You have to have some courage to be a bull rider. So I commend you. You're calling your own faith. You're asking mm-hmm. for it. You know. Yeah. Nod your head and saying outside. Let's go. Well, Mutt Newman, thank you so much for being on CityCast today. I really enjoyed this. You're sure welcome. That was Mutt Newman. Now, speaking of the rodeo wrapping this week, if you want to get out there, you might want to go today or early tomorrow because the weather is shifting. It's already been a little chilly the past few days, but now a real cold front is set to roll in late tomorrow or early Friday. And it's not just bringing the cold. Some heavy rain and thunderstorms are supposed to be coming along with it. Now, y'all know Texas's weather is bipolar, so the temps are expected to reach the 80s early in the day on Thursday before the front comes in. So. Watch the weather before stepping out and bring a jacket with you just in case. That's it for the show here today at CityCast Houston. Tomorrow we'll be dropping some gems about what strange fair food you should try before the weekend. We ate some crazy stuff, y'all. You food lovers don't want to miss this. Bye. Today, we're talking to longtime bull rider Mutt Newman about the passion and danger that goes into one of the. Okay. Okay.